Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice, uh, and today we're going to talk about war again, because that's uh, all that we're hearing, watching, breathing, thinking, and war is the other side of sex, at least in patriarchy, at least for the last six, seven thousand years. So uh, my guest today is uh, Dana Wahab. She's a writer and educator and a first-generation Lebanese Um Welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, we have, yeah, we have had lots of long conversations uh, about, you know, belonging to these like tiny minorities um, in in an increasingly kind of like global and American world. Um, so, uh, and you're. Druze, which is, I think, a smaller minority even than the Greeks. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to get your take um, about what's happening in the Ukraine theater right now, um, mm. you know, and your response to kind of like war in the 21st century, because your, you know, your family and your people have been, you know, enmeshed in one type of war mm-hmm. or another uh, throughout the 21st century. I mean, I mean, Lebanon has pretty much been in the middle of, you know, intense or not so intense civil war f- for most of your life. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, there we, you know, it's, it's a perfect example of like a, a cosmopolitan city um, that, you know, was, was famous for having, uh, you know, so many minorities uh, coexist and prosper. And, uh, you know, when, when we think of the 21st century as post-war, and when we're saying, oh my God, you know, I'm so shocked. How could this be happening, you know, in 2022? Mm. And it's like, well, it's been happening. Uh, it's just, you know, not on TV all the time, but it, it's been mm. happening around the world. And, um, you know, this is the main tool of patriarchy in my, you know, in yeah. my opinion. So anyway, so uh, I'd like to hear a bit about, you know, your background and, you know, as I said, your, respon- your response to this war in in comparison and in connection to the war that you've been, you know, hearing about and experiencing when you're in, in Beirut. Yeah. Your parents are there now, right? My parents are there yeah. now, yes. And uh, they got married in the middle of the Civil War, uh, which is why my mother uh, had my brothers and I he, in uh, here in Miami uh, while my father stayed in the Middle East. Uh, and they both have their own different experiences uh, in the civil war in Lebanon, both, you know, terrifying in their own, in their own ways. And, you know, even though I, I, I grew up in America, which, you know, has its own kind of isolation that comes with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still spent a lot of time in Lebanon and, you know, months out of every year and my father always lived there. So there was always a sort of like back and forth between the two places. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you kind of nailed it when you were just introducing talking about the war in the Ukraine and how it's not surprising, um, or how people are saying, like, how could this be happening in 2022? Because I think, you know, overall, the emotion is, is, is heartbreak, um, for me. 
but mm-hmm. it's certainly not a new kind of heartbreak, you know, uh, especially because um, I can, especially being raised by people who lived through a war and lived through, continue to live through so much chaos in Lebanon. Um, it's always just been a part of them and like this sort of somber shade to their existence. Um, and I feel, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's sad and it's upsetting, but it's not new, you know? And, and I, I, I feel that it, it just so clearly fits into the greater pattern of humanity and the patriarchy and the way that the world works. And it's hard to, to, you know, even get into discussions about it because, you know, focusing on, on the details is almost like um, ignoring, you know, the reality of, of how we've come to this point. Right. Well, you know, how we've made it here. What, what, well, let's just, you know, unpack this for a second. Like, what are the details? Like, what are people fighting about in this tiny country, for example? Because I think it's just an example of what, is going to happen now in Ukraine, which is another like you know of our of this like you know endless wars. Uh, and, and but but what what are what are we fighting about? Yeah, well, that's that's a that's a good question. And and you know, on the one hand, I I can't pretend to to be so tuned in to the understandings of a culture that I don't come from that I that I know the details. But I almost feel like they they become pointless in the sense that maybe pointless isn't the right word but they become um they they lose some of their depth when when they all kind of become just reflections of maybe vying for certain powers ownership or all of those structural things that as a culture we deem important or that people or that are important in the pyramid of the patriarchy if that makes sense like in lebanon you know it's it's there's so much fighting and you can you can talk about how you know it's a difference in beliefs or it's you know uh, an argument sometimes it's an argument between families that 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 is that burgeons into this political clash that brings in all the other people into it um all the other innocent people into it as well um and loyalties and trust and and this tribal kind of um, way of thinking that drives that drives all of these decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the tri- the tribe. Well, I feel like okay. So like on the surface, right? Superficially, uh, the way it's presented to the West, it's the the Christians fighting the Hezbollah Muslims who uh, are fighting, well, the Druze, everybody's fighting the Druze, right? So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Druze are constantly trying, they're constantly uh, trying to stay stay neutral, neutral, but they also have their own political factions who, you know, are no less guilty mm-hmm. than um, the mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like headlined by religious you know categories it's not that that simple uh, it, it is tribal right and it has kind mm-hmm. of like an a, a primal you know mm-hmm. ancient feeling to it um yeah and and there is such a tiny bit of territory <laughs> i mm-hmm. mean there isn't even oil <laughs> yeah 
So what are these tribes, you know, fighting about and why can't we make peace is, is the question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's okay. so many different, there's so many different, um, you know, it, it is, it's, it's totally tribal and it's, it's, uh, you know, one of the most ironic aspects is that, mm-hmm. you know, if any of them were, were smart enough to actually, you know, use the country's resources to their advantage, you know, they would probably be a way for them to stay wealthy and powerful while not destroying the country and the people in which they, they live in. But I think change is so difficult for so many reasons, but one of them mm-hmm. being that everybody is, everybody uh, is so plugged in to the different uh, tribes and the ways in which they work. So let's say there's a political leader in Lebanon who could have, you know, is a war criminal and could have committed like, you know, atrocities, but you know, if, if, you know, maybe he pays you $20 a month and that's what gets your kids through school or what gets food on the table. And, and it's like you, you pledge your loyalty to this person who is the reason that, you know, you have food on the table and and why your family was able to go to college. Um, Mm -hmm. And they run really, they run really deep, you know, these, these ties. Um, And it's rare somebody who can, make it into, I mean, I don't know anybody who independently can make any sort of business or any sort of major decision that doesn't run by, um, that doesn't have to be work in tandem with or be run by um, one of these little leaders who pretty much build up their own little kingdom um, of power that everybody works to serve in some way. Right. Like, like to simplify it, you know, like the mafia uh, or... Yeah. You know, in the Godfather movies, let's say. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, which is, again, like exactly, you know, how, you know, the, the patriarchy works uh, by, mm. you know, through, in my opinion, you know, through fear, intimidation, uh, you know, threat of like physical violence, um, you know, severe, you know, severe punishment. And, and of mm. course, like the the mythos, right? Uh the the mythos of like mythologizing like loyalty mythologizing mm-hmm. you know taking sides mythologizing you know the stories of the past the narratives yes. that it constructed you know to keep us together right yeah uh, that are not true <laughs> yeah um so that's uh I you know I I think that. Apparently, you know, it, it plugs us into the past and we can turn around and go to the future. Like each generation is almost like a link. And, mm. you know, if we could just switch, you know, and become like a generation of, of difference or of, of reversal and not do things the way they were done by our parents, we would yeah. switch into a better future, but we don't. We just cannot yeah. make that turn. Um, yeah, and, and America, you know, plays a role in it because you know um, America has like the unique position of being a, a country that's never been conquered before, um, and you know the American promise and the American mm. you know uh, difference and all of that stuff. Um, so. People like you know your mom or myself, you know who who so many people who came and continue to come here uh, have had this 
ideal, you know, in our minds that America is going to deliver us from, like, mm-hmm. you know, the insanity of of this kind of like ancient inherited like uh, mm-hmm. hatreds, you know. Oh, this is like my ancestral enemy that by the accident of my birth I am sworn to hate you know like (laughs) (laughs) I happen to be born you know to these people so I'm I'm born with my hatred of like another people (laughs) it comes (laughs) just yeah um, it's yeah it's when you think about it with any rationality it's just (laughs) mind-blowing Yes. Um, yeah. But America keeps taking sides. Like instead of just taking the side of peace and never mm-hmm. taking side in any conflict whatsoever, which would justify the way that America presents herself to the rest of us, right? In the, yes. In the old world, it it keeps taking sides. It, you know, it keeps yeah. like leaving. You know, like its little uh, bubble. You know, post-historical bubble. Um, it, it, geographically, I mean, its own borders and going all over around the world and in the name of being the peacekeeper, actually taking sides and, you know, feeding wars and selling weapons and saying, you know, participating in this like ancient binary of like who's good mm-hmm. and who's bad, you know, like go, seeing every conflict that it, that, you know, it, American understands very little about because this stuff is so you know, complicated and not rational and and saying, oh, okay, I got it. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy. So I'm going to like, you know, help this side and then perpetuating, uh, you know, and magnifying these old conflicts instead of like helping resol- resolve them. So f- yeah. for me, at least, that's what I have felt, you know, watching like this war has reminded me that and uh you know, this is how, uh, you know, America has has disappointed me d- despite also being a first generation, mm-hmm. you know, like believer in the American project and dream. Um, you know, each time, I mean, in so many wars, you know, in, in, in my lifetime, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even before I, I had consciousness, like, you know, from Vietnam on, um, America just, you know, it, it happened in Iran and, yeah. it, you know, it created the Ayatollah and it, you know, it, it has led to what's been happening in Iran since to this day, you know, yeah. uh, all over South America. So, you know, far flung, you know, in, in Cyprus, far flung parts of the world uh, and, you know, Conflict, you know, war is not that simple. Like, you know, no one is innocent, but also everybody's innocent, right? So, yeah, we should only promote peace, not, not either side. But that's not what you know America is doing. Um, yeah, and, and it, you know, I, what I find heartbreaking is that that's not what we're told in our news mm. at all. So we're like. Yeah. Good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy. This is who we hate. This is who we love and admire, you know. And yeah. every time there is a war, it's it's like that, you know. Saddam, bad, yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 whatever. Al-Sadr, good. I mean, what? Who? You know, Gaddafi, good. No, wait, no, Gaddafi, bad. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. then the other warlord, good, because he's, like, against the bad. What? It's just, it's, it's, 
it's you know it's taking on the the the, the very you know like tropes um, yes. that we wanted to escape by coming yeah. to America. Yeah, it's very sensationalized. Yeah, and it's very contradictory because yeah, yeah it's it's like America, you know, it it does offer so many of those things. You know, like you and I both feel that you know the freedom to to live our lives in in many ways in the ways in which we choose to you know but then at the same time um it does disappoint us in the ways in which that you mentioned uh so it's like this contradiction within the american dream and uh and the reality that's given to this like with all the responsibility that's given to that's given to this country and what they could be doing and it is definitely uh, disappointing to mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. to see how things are handled and to just see the continuation of sensationalized um, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it makes it it makes it very difficult. And I, I think that you know it's it's like a wheel that keeps turning, and it just mm. you know you just have to hope you're not in the minority that's going to be bad next. You know. Yeah, or I mean, or majority, like we've or just, majority, yeah. yeah, we've just made an enemy of the entire like Russian, whatever, um, yeah, you know, like hundreds of millions of Russians, and who who did not themselves have anything to do with this aggression? Yes, exactly. So now this is going to go on for a generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's um, I read that uh, it was. N- in November, uh, it, that this war like officially began in November, I think, I think November ten, you know, twenty twenty one, when Biden and Zelensky like signed a, a charter on strategic partnership, uh, which said that America supported Kiev's right to pursue membership in NATO, mm. and I mean we did that when we knew that Ukraine could not join NATO right away, that the rest mm. of the NATO countries didn't want it in because. It had contested borders, you know. You, you know, by letting them into NATO, we would have to take on uh, Ukraine's fight over its borders with Russia, mm-hmm. right? So why did we have, you know, why did we have to do that? Like, uh, yeah, to just push a button and and create such chaos and suffering, yeah. and you know, loss of life and treasure and yeah, um, yeah. While well, also somehow mm-hmm. like dodging accountability yeah of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we're always the angel of good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which again you know like the good and evil that's how this you know this kind of patriarchic uh you know duality works you know if mm. if we were all one then you know this couldn't happen you know like yeah yeah um so Tell us a little. I wanted to ask you for our listeners to to talk a little about the Druze people. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Druze, you know, it's it's quite a small religion, and mm-hmm. it's the communities are are centrally focused right in Lebanon, Syria, and Israel, and then there are you know, there's the diaspora, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's interesting in many ways because uh, it's. Uh, similar to um, some Eastern religions, you could say like Buddhism, they believe in reincarnation and, Mm -hmm. you know, on paper, like many religions, it's quite beautiful. Uh, I'm not, I'm not religious. Um, And so beyond, 
beyond that, beyond, uh, you know, um, those philosophical thoughts, I find it hard to reconcile that with reality because socially and culturally, I think they have, they fall into many of the same tropes as um, other religions. And they have a history of being like, uh, of, you know, wanting to be neutral in situations like this. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that that really matches. I, I Sometimes I think that's a bit of a willed, like a willing blindness um, to the reality. There's some elements from like Plato and Aristotle and Pythagoras and ancient Greek mysteries, you know, and it's got, and you know, it's, it has like Arabic, uh, I mean, you know, it's kind of Arabic speaking, so it has the Arabic part of, of it, the Abrahamic monotheistic, you know, part. Um, it, it also shares like with, you know, with Judaism, the ethnic, you know, the sense of like, this is a people as well as, a, you know, as well mm. as a faith. Um, yeah. And the, I think that, you know, the main text is like the epistle, epistles of wisdom, which... Again, I don't know. I, I, I find it so interesting that it, you know, it is able to combine like monotheism and reincarnation, which, mm. as you say, is more Eastern um, scripture, which is more, you know, Jude- Judaic or Judeo-Christian, you know, uh, mm. theophany, which is, you know, more uh, maybe evangelical, you know. Um, yeah, and then yeah, you know, kind of like I think that they they honor like prophets from different from all of these faiths, you know. Yeah, yeah, they don't hold one over the other, but yeah. they they there's there's value in all of them, and they play a role in 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 their in their greater in their greater storyline mm-hmm. in their greater storyline, and and I think it's you know the idea of of reincarnation, but also that. You know, there's no heaven or hell. It's it's all like here in this life, you know, and, and what you make of it. And mm-hmm. they believe that, you know, your your choices in this life, you know, dictate your situation um, in your next life. Right. Which is kind um, of like a Judeo-Christian Arabic karma <laughs> version of yeah, karma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've always been in a very precarious position because I think because I'm because I'm a woman, um, but mm-hmm. you know the religion is also very. Um, they keep to themselves. You know they don't preach. They don't even allow converts. They used to quite a long time ago, um, and uh, my brother is a, sort of a scholar on the subject, and he explained to me that they used to, but then they stopped because people were converting for the wrong reasons. Um, I don't know. He gave me some some reasoning like that, but because of their their sort of secretive nature mm-hmm. but you know fervent belief in in what their way is the truth um and me not only being a woman but being raised in america i've always been in this strange position in between sort of position where um i'm often sort of being called back into it while at the same time being told that i could never really understand it mm-hmm. because because of my upbringing my grandfather was a priest there was like mm-hmm. someone in the family who became a saint you know but my faith was very much in the hands of men right so yeah there, there was mm-hmm. definitely like you know as a woman you could uh do like you know understand and and perform really secondary um you know roles mm-hmm. but it's you know 
like if you menstruate, you, you can't go in, into <laughs> at all, you know, like you can't yeah. go into church. It's so th yeah. there was definitely like a very clear, um, you know, old time patriarchal yes. angle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that even the, the, the women in my family or beyond who are in religious positions of power, you could say, mm -hmm. um, although they would never explain their positions that way, but they do hold power. You know, I, I see it in the way that they are followed by the people and, and, you know, the, their place in society is a position of power. And even when they are women or females, I do, I do see it fall into the same pattern, you know, because the patriarchy, it doesn't really distinguish, you know, even though it's, it's historically associated with men. Right. And obviously it's based off of the sort of male, um, the male perspective and, uh, you know, building of culture, but at the same time, even, even if there's a woman at the top of that pyramid, it's still the same pyramid. Right. I mean, God is a he, you know, and he, yeah. you know, he's wise <laughs> and, and, you know, yes. and just and might. And so, yeah, it kind of like supports the whole construct. Uh, yeah. You know, he's the whole of existence. And so, you know, whereas like, I, I, I feel that God's the whole of existence because I feel that God is like, you know, in nature, but mm. you know, the way when we put it in, words you know which is dogma like mm. you know god gets a gender <laughs> yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like wait how how is god yeah, like how does that transcendent <laughs> but also like a guy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but it is i i just you know i think it's a it's a you know it's a great uh it's a great heritage. Um, however, you know, like a lot of our, again, Judeo-Christian, um, you know, Muslim uh, stories, you know, it comes with like a geographic lock, right? I think. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know better than I do. But like the same way that like Jerusalem means so much to like Jews and Christians and Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And especially because there, there are no converts. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's not even, I don't know if it's even so much as a question of like having holy sites. It's just like, it's just like if no one can convert to it, then there certainly aren't, you know, communities sprouting up all over the world. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really coming out of Lebanon, coming out of one place. Yeah. 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 And you, you guys like, like you have to have Lebanon is my point. Like I think the Mount of Lebanon or whatever, but, but, but the, I think that that's part of like, you know, that, that, uh, you know, agrarian, it's one of those tools, you know, it's the agrarian tool, um, mm -hmm. you know, of patriarchy. So if war is one of the tools of the patriarchy, that kind of like geographical, uh, you know, limitation, right? Uh, yeah. Is another tool. Um, because th this is what we fight about. We fight about our borders. And yeah. what are our borders? You know, they're based on these stories that, mm -hmm. that uh, you yeah. know, we're told, right? So, like... Mm -hmm. And inheritance and stories of, like, what belongs. Right. What belongs what to What belongs who. to whom? And, I mean, rationally speaking, when we look at, you know, like, if we could remove the emotion, you know, from it, uh, and we look at, 
you know, at it rationally. Uh, I mean, I would, we would, we could, we could say, you know, all land is stolen. Like, mm-hmm. who was the first person to say this is mine, and what, mm-hmm. how, how did that become, you know, his or hers? Like, it's just a, even the first, even you know, even the first one to lay claim was a colonizer. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just like Earth. And then mm-hmm. you say it's mine, and then someone else says, "Well, no, I, I don't want, you know, I want it to be mine, right?" And then the the most brutal one prevails, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yes. So this yeah. kind of like sense of like the you know the right, this is our right, um, is is already corrupt, but yeah, but we grow up with it. And and what I'm saying, you know, we were talking about the reasons for war. Well, there they are, you know, like there is Russia mm-hmm. and Russia is like, no, Kiev used to be our capital, you mm-hmm. know, Ukraine was greater Russia, you know, it, it's the same thing that has forced like Israel and, and mm-hmm. Palestine to, you know, to have perennial war mm-hmm. um, because of the you know, because of the stories that kind of mm-hmm. bound their people to the same, like, geographical spot. You know, it's it's like, if after World War II, you know, having sacrificed, like, six million lives, the Jewish people uh, w- were given by the great powers, you know, uh, the equal land in, like, let's say, West Texas, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was empty, <laughs> where now we test rockets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or one of my favorite suggestions always was Cyprus, you know, yeah. which is yeah. like an island and, yeah. you know, has been occupied anyway since like, you know, 74 by the Turks. Yeah. So, but, you know, somewhere where there wouldn't be, uh, an, an, you know, endemic war, <laughs> yeah. um, it would be a totally different existence. I think like the, the, the consciousness of being a Jew would be, profoundly different you know by now yeah but instead they continue to feel persecuted you know and sometimes i even ask myself like was this done on, on purpose like by those whoever the brits i think the the brits decided because it was a british um you know colony or protectorate they call it <laughs> yeah. um because you know to kind of say okay this is where you can go because you have to because of your faith but of course, this is also where you can go, where you will always be hated. You will never be safe, you know, because yeah. it's someone else's faith too, right? Yeah. We're going to give you a place uh, that is full of your enemies. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I also, I think, you know, something you said, like, you know, in the past, I think it was, you know, the most brutal was the winner, right? The the people with the brute force. Mm-hmm. And I think that has, has, you know, life and humanity and culture has changed so much that it's no longer just about who is the strongest. And I think that that's, you know, maybe, I mean, I'm oversimplifying, but I think that's where a lot of complications come in now because, you know, that's how so many different societies and countries were made and built and whatever. But it's no longer uh, so simple as like who is the most, who is the most powerful, or who has the brute force. And America is a good example of that because it, it's no, it's no longer just like the the driving factor of like who's in charge and who knows what's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that pretty much. Again, I don't. You know, 
if we go back to the beginnings of patriarchy, we can't really pinpoint it because this is all we know is our, is our culture. But pretty much soon after, might makes right, right? Pretty much after mm. like the use of brutal force to kind of like, you know, set up uh, the, the pyramid of power. Um, yeah. Propaganda became an equally important tool mm. of war. You know, yes. so like war is brutality and violence, but also intellect, you know, yes. uh, yeah. using culture, language, um, you mm -hmm. know, is another kind of violent enforcer of, of these truths, right? So like language to me is very phallic. Um, I, you know, I feel it as mm -hmm. a, you know, as a violator because all these stories, um, keep us chained mm. to, to, you know, to these roles, to the social roles that, you know, we're told we have no choice but to, to ad adhere to. Um, totally. You know, and without, if we don't do our part, we will be nameless and homeless and identityless, right? Um, mm. And then here we are, like in America, with identity wars and yeah. identity politics. And... It's exactly, you know, identity politics is exactly what we see in Ukraine and Russia, what we see with, like, you know, the sides in Lebanon fighting again and again, what we see, you know, in Israel mm -hmm. or, you know, Iraq. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think that the way that you know, storytelling has been used, um, it, it has been as another instrument of, you know, war and conquest. Yeah, which makes being a writer very complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's like a weird thing where like, I, you know, you want, it, you, you want to and need to use words to speak, but at the same time, I feel like my hands are always tied because of mm -hmm. the nature of language, as mm -hmm. you explained it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially, and I think that's why sometimes you go to fantasy because it, you know, it feels more yeah. freeing. Yeah, and yeah. especially as a woman writer, um, yeah, even more so because yeah, you know, you're like, well, you know, it's a, it's the same thing as the male gaze. You know, like there is no such thing as a female gaze. We all see each other through the male gaze, and it, and we all speak to each other through like this male language, and yeah, so. You know, as women writers, when we get out of that, we we have the conundrum of not being understood. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like either either gibberish, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. either tender buttons, <laughs> you know, get, yeah, or <laughs> yeah. um, or or you know, like becoming part of the system, you know, collaborating yeah. or collaboration. Yes, <laughs> with, with yeah, gibberish or collaboration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we end up being collaborators because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to be like a voice in the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think like, you know, um, Having you know, having this stark, you know, 
like reminders of of war, <laughs> you know, um, coming down our news feed, um, you know, is a, is an opportunity. Let's say um, a terrible opportunity, you know, mm. to kind of like try to understand once again, all over again, you know, what what this is, wh where it comes from, why we're not overcoming, you know, our this kind of like um, instincts. They may be instincts or they may be epigenetic instincts. You know, I, we really don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, pe patriarchies, scientists and anthropologists, you know, say, well, we always used to fight each other, but like when? Uh, we only know up to what we can like decipher and mm -hmm. like our bias is so all-encompassing that you yeah know, you can look at the like paleolithic site and there's so little there and you interpret it based on what you you know of of humanity yeah. you know yeah yeah which is so, very limiting right so in many ways whether or not we it's an instinct or it's a learned instinct through patriarchy i think is an impossible question to answer whether or not we used to be a uh, hunter-gatherer nomadic pacifists mm. is an impossible question to answer <laughs> yeah yeah but annoyingly it, it's like it's the question <laughs> it's the question we keep asking yeah and keep going back to yeah like you yeah. know looking for an a way you know an, an alternative like a way to evolve out of things yeah yeah i think in lebanon i i i think that the younger generation um at least, you know, those those people I know who who were like uh, who I grew up with and, and spent time around, I they they want change and they don't they don't fall into the same traps as, as their parents. But the system is so strong, you know, and it's like how, you know, how do they initiate change? I, I really don't know, you know, and and my parents, even after all of everything they've been through and what the country continues to put them through, they still have faith and like hope that they have faith in the system and hope that things will just like at the next election, you know, well, well you know, the, our next chance is in the election, you know, whereas I mm -hmm. think, I think people my age of my generation are so um, it, it tapped out emotionally and psychologically um, that they, they, they have no faith in it at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's such an overwhelming, um, object to overcome, you know, not like change on such a grand scale, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much change that needs to be done, Exactly. but, but where to even, where to even begin or how to even go about it. Yeah. Where do you, yeah. You're in your twenties and I, and I think that that's pretty, pretty accurate for the, your generation in America as well as yeah. in the Middle East. Um, but, you know, the way I see it uh, is that, it's, you know, the, the solution is money, <laughs> in the money, yeah. in the use of money. Because, yeah. as, you know, as we look at what at generational change, um, it's, you know, generations get bought by older generations and their opinions and and you know um, ideal ideals and you know kind of like decisions and choices get bought 
um, yeah. through money by by their let's say you know forefathers or foremothers right sooner yeah. or later so the way for me into my logic the way out of this endless like cycle of repetition is by changing how you know where the money goes how the money is distributed because if if you know if we inherit our our parents financially or if we uh, are hired by our bosses who support us financially we you know ever so slowly like shift in yeah. the direction that works for them and you know without quite consciously you know knowing it in yeah. a few decades right we become them um and, and and you know the solution clearly is not you know socialism or like you know uh, yeah. taking over you know the means of production and giving it to like the masses because or whatever you know whatever has been proposed which just yeah. repeats the same um yeah. you know ways of of control <clears throat> but it ha- but it, it it has to do with money um yeah and in my opinion you know inheritance um yeah and i you know i because that's how i've experienced it in my life where you know when you kind of like take over from your father or parents um or mentor you know you consider that it is your you know almost your duty or your debt mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, to them to kind of like continue what they were doing uh, yes, in exchange yeah. for yeah. having been received which is really having been paid to yeah. continue what they're doing, right? So it's almost like a Ponzi scheme, but we don't think of it that way because we put it in these very noble terms. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's all like morality, <laughs> you know, yes. and ethics yeah. and, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and respect, <laughs> you know, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, w- which is what makes this so, you know, like it's a knot, you know, it's so complicated. Uh, But, you know, I I, I do feel that knots can be untied. You know, women can do that at least. We, you know, we know how to like, you know, stitch and and make a knot and untie a knot. And, you know, like Alexander the Great had to cut the knot, you know, with his sword. And that's like, to me, symbol of what patriarchy you know, yeah. <laughs> does yeah. every time there is a big change and it doesn't work, you know, like revolution doesn't work. Yeah. Um, bloody yeah. revolution, it especially. perpetuates the same. Yeah. I mean, same system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at Hezbollah. Like, yeah. aye, ouch. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's a question of how to, how to untie the knot. Yeah. How, how do we untie the, the knot? feminine power? Yes. To untie the knot. And patience. <laughs> yes. And patience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's a good visual. That's a good visual. Okay, good. Mm. So, um, I'm 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 feeling good. I think we got uh, this is a good closure. <laughs> yeah. I think we can leave our listeners with this image and this thought. <laughs> mm. So, thank you for coming. 
on the show. Oh, thank you that, for having me. Yeah, it was Such a, pleasure. a pleasure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, and everybody out there, thank you for listening. Uh, and until next week, keep speaking war and sex. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God.